Hello London, we are ready for your vote. Hiya, I'm Stephen Perkins and this is Douzepois, the Eurovision podcast from the team behind Bingewatch that is still searching for a suitably pithy intro. It's been another busy week in the world of Eurovision and we now have our latest batch of confirmed entrants for the 2024 contest courtesy of Malta, Norway, Spain and Ukraine. Before we have a closer look at the songs that will be competing in Malmö in three months' time, a quick reminder that you can follow the whole family at bingewatch underscore pod on Twitter, and you can find me personally there too, at Stephen Perkins. We'd also love it if you felt inclined to leave us a nice review on whichever podcast platform it is that you use, as that is the sort of thing that helps us to grow and reach more listeners, and that would be just super. So without further ado, let's start with Malta. After surely the most drawn-out selection process of the bunch this year, which began back in October, with a two-and-a-half-month gap between the semi-finals and the final, not to mention a heat system in which one of the semi-finals saw absolutely nobody advancing to the final, it has been chaos in the best possible way. They started out with 36 hopefuls, who were whittled down to 12 for Saturday night's final. Like many selection processes, Malta used a combination of jury and televote to select their entrant, although the results were weighted heavily in favour of the jury, at a ratio of 78-22. As a result, despite topping the Maltese televote with Banana, a track that sounded like something out of one of the girl group challenges on Drag Race, Matt Black was beaten to the top spot by Sarah Bonici with Loop, who came second in the televote and was the jury's favourite. Loop is a breathy, sultry pop number that's already got the makings of a very memorable Eurovision performance. I was particularly taken by the part in the final where Sarah blindfolds herself and then allows her backing dancers to flip her 360 degrees, and if we're assuming that this is merely the low-budget version of what her creative team have got in mind, then I think we could be in for something pretty special at Eurovision itself. Malta haven't qualified for the final since 2021, but I think with the right treatment, this could get them back into the top flight. From there, it's over to Norway, and I mentioned last week that there had been a bit of a storm over one of their entries in the Melody Grand Prix, Ulverham by Gorta, after it was discovered that the lyrics were identical to a thousand-year-old medieval ballad. While that doesn't exactly constitute copyrighted material, broadcaster NRK were concerned that it may not meet the criteria for original music, per the rules of Eurovision, and asked the band to rewrite their lyrics prior to the grand final. Norway's Melody Grand Prix did seem particularly hotly contested this year, from an outsider's perspective at least, due to the return of Kano, who represented Norway in 2019 with Spirit in the Sky at Eurovision, and Margaret Berger, who was Norway's entry in 2013 with I Feed You My Love, two memorable fan favourites that did extremely well at the competition. Many people, me included, are still not over the absolute injustice of Kano absolutely clearing up in the televote in 2019 at Eurovision, but still only finishing sixth overall because they were done so dirty by the juries. But... I digress. In fact, in the end, it was a slight reversal of fortune for Kano at Melody Grand Prix this year as they won the jury vote, but finished second in the televote, and the top spot was taken by Gotha, who had a 28-point overall lead in the combined scoring. Margaret Berger only managed to finish a disappointing seventh place. With Gotha as a representative for this year's contest, it will be the first time that Norway's entry has been in Norwegian since 2006. It's become a lot more commonplace for songs not in the English language to do well at Eurovision in recent years, and this one could be a real scene-stealer for Norway. Being a folk-rock song, Ulverham is likely to stand out on the night, and their performance at the Melody Grand Prix final definitely shows that the band have a clear idea of how to stage this song for maximum effectiveness. I don't know if it's necessarily a winner yet, but I do think this one will be one that people will really remember, and it could end up doing extremely well. There was a lot of attention on Spain's Benidorm Fest this year, as there were a number of, shall we say, eccentric entries on the shortlist to be the Spanish entry for Eurovision 2024. 
The ones I was hearing the most about in the run-up to the final were Cayente by Jorge Gonzalez, a shirtless fest of homoeroticism which seemed to be staged in a sauna, Dos Extraños by Saint Pedro, an understated ballad that couldn't have been further away from Cayente if it tried, and Zora by Nebulosa, an up-tempo Eurodance number that was clearly a favourite in the room, which clearly took a look at the staging for Cayente and went, well that's amateur hour, our male dancers are going to have their chests out and their bums out. In the end, it was duo Nebulosa that emerged on top, after winning the televote, tying for the top of the expert jury vote, and finishing third with the demoscopic jury, which is a panel of representative, ordinary members of the Spanish public. Again, there was some waiting on the results here, as the expert jury was worth 50% of the overall score, with the other two counting for 25% each. It has in fact been quite the Cinderella story for Nebulosa to be on their way to representing Spain at Eurovision at this point, because they submitted an audition to Una Voce per San Marino last year and didn't qualify, which is absolutely staggering when you consider that that competition had over a hundred semi-finalists. There are true, needless to say, I had the last laugh vibes going on here. Whether the song's popularity at Benidorm Fest will translate into success at Eurovision does remain to be seen, but this is a heck of a narrative however it ends up playing out. And finally, we find ourselves in the unusual position of having a story developing literally as I'm recording this podcast, because Ukraine were meant to confirm their representative on Saturday night, but things didn't go entirely to plan at Vidbeer. The app that viewers were meant to use to register their votes crashed, and as a result, the show was unable to announce a winner. Instead, the show was repeated on Sunday afternoon and the voting lines reopened to give viewers a proper opportunity to have their say. This turn of events wasn't appreciated by everyone involved. Skylar, who was one of the 11 acts in the final with her song Time Is Running Out, announced afterwards that she wished to withdraw from the process as a result of the problems, but broadcaster Suspilna stated that this wasn't technically possible. However, in the event of her winning, she still had the right not to enter into a contract with them to represent Ukraine at Eurovision. In the end, it didn't really matter, because Skylar ended up finishing 7th overall and 6th in the public vote, possibly because someone actively stating they don't want to be involved anymore isn't really much vote getter. There was another familiar face in the field here as Melavin, who represented Ukraine in Lisbon in 2019 with the memorably vampiric Under the Ladder, was among the competitors, but he only managed to make it to third place overall, with the win going to Aliona Aliona and Jerry Hale with their song Teresa and Maria, which ended up commanding a whopping 62% of the public vote, and don't forget, that's from a field of 11 songs. It feels like a strong choice to me. It's a powerful, understated track with some really emotive vocals from Jerry with Aliona rapping. And don't forget, last time that Ukraine sent an act to rap at Eurovision, it did go pretty well for them. Although I appreciate those were a fairly unique set of circumstances. Ukraine do, of course, have one of the strongest track records out there at Eurovision. And I wouldn't bet against another very strong finish for them with this track. Now that we've wrapped all of that up, that is it from me this week. Please don't forget to hit subscribe on your podcast platform if you haven't done so already, and make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes, and perhaps you might even like to go for a little wander through the back catalogue and have a listen to some of our deeper dives. I will be back again next week, by which point we should have additional results from Finland, Italy and Latvia to analyse and speculate over. Hope you can join me for that one, but until then, good night Europe, and good morning Australia. Australia.